Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. Every couple weeks or so, your hosts gather to talk about our favorite game, Dwarf Fortress. So let's join your hosts, Roland, and Dwarf Fortress, and go like, "Hey, now you have uh, no way of talking." Your Tony, fantastic. That seems to be Zencaster seems to work in Firefox now. And Jonathan, I'll be right back. I've got to take this cat into another room. She's going nuts. I'll be back. As they present insightful, irreverent, and often incorrect analysis. And always remember, losing is fun. I'm trying to find the name of a. Uh channel that someone recommended to me and it was pretty good and i enjoyed it they did a a really cool video basically it's like all my favorite things are broken for for this game or for yeah. in general no yeah. i haven't seen it twisted logic gaming is the uh cool oh twisted logic oh yeah yeah i see what the hell are they called uh screw pumps water reactors water reactors i think is what they're called mm-hmm. oh oh wait I think I know what you're referring to. Do you know this, the, the one I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see if I can find it as well. Dwarf. Fortress. Water. I had never heard of this guy before, but he, but somebody suggested him to me. Uh, yeah, uh, Further Reading is the channel. So I put the uh, link into the uh, that other one that I wanted to talk about. Oh, cool. Further Reading. So what I thought was really cool on that was... How much farther other people have gotten in playing this game since it's been released than I have? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we mustn't compare ourselves. No. Okay. You know what you know what defeated me in this game, the release? Was um Aquifers. Aquifers defeated me. Really? I was I can't get through them. Hmm. Yeah, I just used the the CleanoDev mod yeah. so that I didn't have them. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I finally did, because I was like, I was able to deal with them pretty easily in the old version. But in this one, I can't get them to dig through whetstone, and so at least not in the right amount of time. And so by the time they, I can convince them to actually do it, everything's filled up and we're doomed. I'm like, well, fudge. Oh, yeah. Uh, curiously, I've heard that before, that you can't get them to dig through stone that is wet. And yeah. on the other hand, I also heard complaints that sometimes they dig through stone that should have been warm, like designated warm, and thus they shouldn't dig through it, but they still did. <laughs> Greedy little doors. Yeah, I did not get that far downwards. I wanted to try the aquifer thing, but I embarked with the light agrifier and I have not found the thing. So I'm not sure where it is on my map, but I channeled everywhere. There's just not no water. I'm really confused. I'm just going to say here at the beginning that I, I think this episode is going to be further reflections on the new release of Dwarf Fortress since we've had a couple of weeks now to, to, to play it. So. I think so. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. There's obviously been some mechanics changes that that we didn't expect, like the the aquifers thing. Did I look and see that there's kind of a third kind of aquifer now? There was slow, there was fast, now there's kind of like a medium. Is that correct? I've only seen heavy and light. Yeah, I think they're still just uh, split into heavy and light, but heavy is like really heavy, and light has somewhat of a scale, because I've seen just like wet caves that slowly drip with water. And I've had the same thing say, oh yeah, it's a light aquifer, but it's filling up fairly quickly. So it seems that 
a light is not just the same as another light in a different area. And I guess that would go along with you're having trouble dealing with them because the light aquifers in 4705, they were basically seep level. Yeah. Yeah. I like those. You always had time to, to build a wall. Yep. I like those. I mean, I tended to go into those because you could make the Dwarven waterfall pretty easily with it and you could build wells really easily with it. Yeah, true. But in this one, they just won't. I just, yeah, I just end up living on the surface, which is not quite what I want to do. Yeah, I got to figure out how to mod this thing. Yeah, I'd like to do that too. Um, There were a ton of mods out there pretty much the day after the release. I'm not sure how many of them are are, are good mods because, yeah, there was like the Pokemon reskin. Did anybody (laughs) actually try that just for the heck of it? No. No. Uh, What do you guys think about the uh, gorilla milking one? Oh, no. No, no, no. I think it's pretty funny, to be honest, that somebody modded it in. And uh, I I saw a post and somebody put it on the on the sub and was like, hey, look, the people are really working hard. And my brain told me, ah, you can do that as well. It's just like putting in the milkable tab to the gorilla. And then I asked myself, why would I do that? That's the question. That? It's like some people, you know, don't don't ask why. <laughs> Should we do this? Could we do it? Yes. I've never seen a gorilla in the game regardless. I didn't know that that was one of the one of the animals. Oh yeah, I've murdered them. Yeah, yeah. I once had else come with war apes and monkeys at me. Like they had six different kinds of monkeys and apes. I knew about macaques. Yeah, yeah, they came with macaques and and other stuff and uh, war gorillas. Okay. War gorillas, that's amazing. Are are they actually natively trainable as a war animal gorilla? No, I think that's like a elven war thing where they can even war train any animal ever. So I had like war gorillas popping up on my doorstep. I noticed that the mechanic for training war animals got a lot more straightforward with this release, with the premium release. There's basically a button on the creatures menu that you can, it's the same place that you mark them for slaughter. You can also say, Hey, train this as a war animal. That's pretty cool. A little, little glitchy on that one. If you, if you don't have the user interface, I don't know something about it, but sometimes it won't render. So like if your resolution isn't high enough, those options aren't available. So you've got to like go in and turn off, scaling really? or something like that yeah it's it's super glitchy but it, it will work but it is turn off scaling oh see yeah suboptimal i don't have a high enough resolution that i have to worry about scaling i apparently have to backtrack a little bit i just checked gorilla on the dwarf fortress wiki and it actually says they're both hunting and war trainable i mean okay Ooh. listen i get like a war trained gorilla right just like make it angry it, it works. It's it's a massive ape. It 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 kills. But hunting, mm-hmm. a hunting gorilla, it's pretty cool. Thanks, Tarn. So you were saying that it's kind of glitchy with scaling. Yeah, my resolution is low enough so that I don't really need to scale. Uh, it's not a four K monitor, right? So I hadn't actually even considered those kind of things, and uh, <laughs> I kind of wonder if if Tarn didn't either when he was doing development. Yeah, he might not have had a four K monitor. Well, he could, but he can get himself a 4K monitor now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Depending on yeah. what the Kit Fox expenses were. 
Yeah, and after uh, Uncle Sam takes out his cut. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he's got good accountants. So. All right, so let me. I had a couple of notes that I was that I took while I was playing that I wanted to go over. If I can find it there, have either of you noticed an increase in the incidence of migration waves? I seem to have many more migration waves now than I ever did before. They seem to come pretty much every season, it seems. Hmm. See, I've had forts. My first fort, no one came. I had zero, zero new people coming in, and then everyone went mad, and it failed. Actually, I also got the the opposite reaction. I made uh, a few fortresses. Oh, I mean, okay. I instantly put the number of maximum dwarfs down to 60. One of them ran for, like, two, three years, and I never grew over 30 dwarfs. I, I think I got stuck at 27, and then people started dying, and nobody else came in. And I was really confused. Like, okay, game, can you not even fill my 60 dwarfs? What, what is happening? And at that point, nothing huh. bad happened. Like, I got no siege, I got no weird visitors, no... No, no, no caves, no deaths at that point. They just stopped showing up. I had a siege happen, and it lasted for about 10 seconds or so, <laughs> and they just left. There was a, a necromancer experiment, a goblin, and it looked like an undead dwarf. I'm not really sure how to interpret what I, what I read on there, but uh, they just came onto the map, and that's whenever I think I, I, I chatted to you guys. Uh-oh. Uh, I've got a siege and I have no military and I and I don't have a closed fortress yet. It was in year one. Yeah, so I had 20 dwarves. It was, I think, year one and I had a siege, but they came on the map and just left. So I immediately built a military. Hmm. Oh. So yeah, it gave me the siege alert and I examined the three that were on there and they just took off and left. But that's that's a tangent. But that's interesting that you guys have both had lower migration rates. I have had much higher. I wonder if it's, uh, you know, world and embark location dependent. That could be it. Yeah, probably. I've been running the the hundred year worlds. Uh, I've been doing two fifties. I've only created two worlds though. So. Oh yeah. I've had several fortresses, but only two worlds. Yeah, I've blown away a few and and started again. Have both of you done a lot of? Yeah, have both of you done a lot of world generation? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I was. Have like you fickle. delved into the advanced parameters yet? No, never works for me. Um, somewhat. Uh, you know, I was I was just so amazed how how quick this now is because it is a lot quicker. Uh, I I checked it. I opened the Steam version. I opened the normal version. I let them. I clicked generate world, and the Steam version was. Like so fast, incredible. I tried a little bit in the advanced parameters, but I I cranked just the number of civilizations up and down, and the amount of necromancers I think as well, or necromancer experiments, um, because I didn't want to have like six goblin civilizations, one or two dwarfs, and no humans, because that kept happening. And then I played around a little bit, and then I realized that the world parameters are not what 
happens here. It's just that the goblins kill the humans that quickly in the first like 10 years. Then I did a little bit something different. I just made the world larger and stopped generating tiny worlds. And that apparently fixed the problem of the elves being too close to people. Huh. Yeah, the, the goblins, not the elves. For once, they're not the problem. I really do dig the goblin pixel art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're cute. Oh, have you seen kobolds yet? No. No, I haven't come across one of those. Uh, because my game was like, oh my god, a, a thief. Hold. Uh, the Hold the thief. And I panned into it and I stopped the game and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen with my own two eyes. It had like a really large bulbous nose and like soft flappy ears and it looked very cute. But then it stabbed yeah. like 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 a wild chicken or something, some, some kind of bird. It, it got stabbed and I was like, okay, so this is a cute kobold, but it's very, very physically, you know, aggressive. I, I felt still somewhat sad when my military ran in and killed it. It looked very cute. Hmm. I had that with crundles. Oh, yeah. They're like, how would I describe it? I don't know. They they look like cereal mascots for me. Sounds like you described teddy bears kind of there with, uh, with the kobolds <laughs> rolling. <laughs> I haven't seen them, so I'm, I'm not sure what the, what the pixel looks like. In my mind, kobolds still are the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons first edition version where they're reptilian egg layers. They're kind of like, you know, small orcs, with, except they're reptilian and kind of lizard people. Mm. As the year comes to a close and we publish the last episode of season four, Dwarf Fortress Roundtable would like to individually recognize all the patrons who have supported the podcast financially through 2022. These include Gary Jeffrey, Lucas, Patrick Shaw, Byron, Mr. Gutsy, Clean Dev, Andrew Campbell, Brandon Wright, and Justin Lothamer. Thank you so much, your support is greatly appreciated. We'll recognize several more later in the podcast. Yeah, I've had some really interesting stuff happen with regards to plots and the villain stuff. So I wonder if Mm. either I've rolled a really interesting and better world or if, if he's done a lot of work to it or maybe a little of both. I would say it's a little of both, to be honest. Yeah. Um, a lot of the world generation seems to be more just just more stuff happening. Maybe maybe I was blind before, but I did check in Legends Viewer and just in Legends mode, there I, I think there are a few more plots happening now. Yeah. Yeah, I had some really cool ones. Okay, so I built the I built a fort and got it sustainable, which was kind of, you know, a first big thing. And then I had a tavern, which was awesome. And then suddenly people just started flooding in. I mean, absolutely tons of people flooding in. Me too. Um, Visitors, you mean? Yeah. And people that yeah. want to migrate in and people that want to live there and dance and entertain. People want to so entertain. I, so I many entertainers. Instruments. Oh, yeah. Really cool. But then all of a sudden people in my fort, like my expedition leader and other people start stealing my artifacts. Mm-hmm. And it was just like Bobby sticky fingers. Like these things are going out the door so fast. But in 50... Dot O two, you could click on the where is my artifact and it would show you who'd stolen it and it would say so and so is hiding it. So I was able to really quickly figure it out and then 5003 came out and that 
no longer worked. Bug fix. Yeah. So it got harder to find them. But then I started doing lots of interrogations and there's like this massive plot going on where some random person is like compelling by force or like hurting people or flattering them to get them to steal it. And then they like run out into the forest and meet some rando that comes in. And then I was able to like trap one in my dungeon and then I just sent my army in to kill him. And then the other one escaped. I don't know. It's pretty wild. It's been super interesting. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Damn. Super interesting. I, I like it. This game's pretty neat. Well, but it definitely felt like a scripted plot. <laughs> I'm I'm very jealous because so far I got quite a few people to come to me and like petition to stay, including a what are the the round cheese wheel looking people? Um, uh, they're just mouse. Um, there's a lot of creatures in this game. Gorlak. Ah. Gorlock, yeah, those Good are Lord. what's his name? That guy um, that did that used to do the cool videos. He had like a, um, he had a, a fort with a Gorlock as like a person, like as a character in his fort that was part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who used to do the cool videos. <laughs> Couldn't think of his name. Spaced yeah. it. Krug yeah. Smash. Mm. Krug Smash. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could be a lot of different people on a. Um. I you know. know. And oh, was that part of a running joke? Sorry if I if I if No, I, I actually spaced that his, one. I actually spaced his name. Oh that, that totally fits, spaced you know, it. like smashing the Krug smash button again. Um Yeah, well he hasn't I think he's been streaming now instead of um mm-hmm. you know, creating his like narrative stuff. So have you uh, but, probably a good thing for him to switch up? Uh, yeah, man. I mean know, that dude that keep it, that keep was it fresh. Some, yeah, that was some pretty hardcore uh, that was pretty hard. Schedule. Good too, so yeah, are, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't tuned in yet, but I'm, I'm glad to see he's back and doing stuff again. Um, I do have an issue with streams in general. Not an issue as in something that I don't like about them. Uh, it's, it's that I never am able to sit down for long enough to, if, because streams typically are hours long. Yeah. And I just don't have the time to sit down for a number of hours to watch the content. I wish that I did, but I got just too much crap going on all the time. So I enjoy the 20 minute videos and can consume them better than the stream. So, which is why I'm not on your streams very often there, uh, uh, Roland. Um, because that's okay. That's, that's perfectly fine. Um, I enjoyed it whenever I was on there, but yeah, you know, I, I also want to stream more often, but ultimately it, you know, I, I feel like I can't just sit down for an hour because then it's like uh, a little bit talking here, a little bit outro there, and then it's like, poof, gone. And it's then over, it's, yeah. it's over already. So I want to stream more, but I very often don't have the time to just sit there in the evening for like four hours or something. Um, so we got off track. You were going to tell a story yeah. about Gorlax. Right, right. Oh, yeah. we, Let's hear about the Gorlax. We got off track. So um, there was a... Were they in the time machine? Isn't that with the monsters that are in the time machine? In oh, H. yeah, Walls's? I think you're right. What? Or the Gorlocks. They were Gorlocks. Oh, yeah. Are they not the same? Sorry. I don't know. That does not ring a bell for me. Well, hmm. yeah, it was a year or two before you were born. Oh, that makes... Okay. Like, <laughs> was a year something, I think. <laughs> a little bit before all of us were born. <laughs> um, anyway, I've, I've interrupted you twice now, Roland. I'll, I'll let you go this time. Yeah, okay. Uh, 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 Gorlock. Gorlock. So, 
there was a troupe, like a entertainment troupe, like a bunch of bards. Um, it was mostly humans, and they were fairly old humans, and they were like amazing at music and dancing and i went through them uh on a stream and i checked what they know and what kind of dance and poetry stuff they know because we can now see that directly from the tab when we click on them which is pretty cool um and then i saw that they brought a golak and the golak was apparently the only person that petitioned to stay in my fortress and obviously Obviously, I had to say yes, because that is a singing and dancing Gorlack. You'd think I can just miss out on that. And the Steam version Gorlack really looks like a cheese wheel with legs and like massive tusks. And it's very cute. Um, I think it was a female Gorlack. And uh, she's now living in my fortress and I love it. And I completely forgot what I was going to say about this, but um, it's nice well, to see. Well, you got one to live in your fort. That's awesome. Well, she has not petitioned to actually become a citizen yet. But curiously, uh, like she only petitioned to stay for a while, but curiously, she is working like other dwarfs, which is interesting to see. Like she's holding stuff and, and she's, she's doing things. She's not crafting. I've not seen her crafting, but she's definitely holding things into my kitchen and like hauling stone and i'm like what are you doing woman um i don't mind but uh, you're not actually a citizen why are you helping these people it's nice you know it's nice but uh -huh. the other the other bots that petitioned to stay and i told them yes they're not doing anything so why are you huh I did notice my fortress population does go up whenever I accept the petition for someone who wants to, to visit for the purposes of entertainment. Mm. So that yeah, is it, counting toward the, the population of my fortress, which I didn't realize happened. Yeah. Getting to 200 people is, uh, it definitely is slowing down on my machine. It's my, my, my active fort is def is 201 and it's, um, I've started not accepting new performers because I don't think my computer's strong enough to do it. Real quick, to, for the sake of uh, completion, H.G. Mm -hmm. uh, Wells, the time machine, the, the creatures were not called Gorlocks. They were called Morlocks, M-O-R-L-O-C-K-S. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, oh. So. Uh, here's the thing. In building my, um, you know, in, when, when you get petitioned to build a temple or a guild hall or whatever, and they want it to be, like when you build it, a temple you build them the room and you zone it and you put a chair in it or whatever and an offering place and it just becomes like a place of worship or something and then you have to improve it to make it a temple in the old version basically you could like you know zone out the room and then smooth the stone and then engrave it and boom you were at mm -hmm. a temple and you were good yep that doesn't seem to work anymore um really it feels really hard to get things to what they're asking for because i keep losing I keep, they keep abandoning their petitions before I can get them to, you know, have a nice enough space for them. And this is like fully engraved and I've like lined all the walls with like statues and stuff. And it's still not like I had to get to a grand guild hall for one and uh -huh. I couldn't manage it. I, c I can't, I can't get it there. Yeah. It may be, they may have gone too far the other way. It may be too hard, but yeah, I kind of think it was too easy to get a grand guild hall uh, before uh, with 4705. Because yeah, all you had to do was 
uh, engrave the floors and maybe put a couple of masterpieces in there and, and yeah. you're good. Yeah, that's that's true. But, so yeah, but yeah, no, you're you're totally right because I did notice that as well. I made a small temple, uh, smooth smoothed it and put like there was like one pillar I let be there and then I smoothed it and I engraved it so it's like an engraved pillar of the god whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I checked because normally that would have been sufficient. And uh, the dwarf was like, yeah, no, this, this, what the hell is this? This is a dang cavern, bro. Um, So I, and then I put more engravings, still not it. Then engraved every single tile in the entire thing. And that was still not enough. So I put like two statues in and then he was like, okay, you know, now I can appoint. Like, okay. That was only a temple. And I've had somebody petition for the same cult to make a grand guild hall. And I'm like, no, I, I should have planned it bigger. Uh, next time I have to make the temples a lot larger, like a lot larger, simply so I can put more engravings in, put more statues in so I can feasibly get to like a grand guild hall or whatever. Because yeah, size I, I, is that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Make the rooms bigger, but I was uh, I was operating under the assumption because I swear I read before like if you make a tavern or if you make any kind of a room, you want it to be as small as possible because that's how they get better interactions and have better experiences. That is true, yes, but it did got fixed and bettered, so you can now oh, okay. make really large taverns. And the dwarves will still flock together and actually interact with each other instead of standing in like the free space and then not being able to interact anymore. Well, that makes me happy. I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to trying to do even more stuff. Then that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very nice to see. By the way, I've seen a couple of posts and uh, people were showing off their taverns, and they're re- putting so much effort into their taverns. It's really good to see. They're like massive and decorated and they, they put like wood floor in. So it's like nice, warm inside. And then they put like an aquarium at the end and like blah, 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 blah. And the tables decorated. <laughs> and it's really good. Like it's, Assigning a tavern keeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, it, it's really nice to look at. And um, yeah, you can you can make your tavern really big now. It's, it That's works. terrific. Yeah. I always wanted it to be bigger. Continuing our list of patrons for the year 2022, we have Jack Dillon, Blood Toes, Burma Bradley, Urist J. Jennings, Brendan Poole, Potato Bomb, Christopher Harris, Adam Hudson, Logan Hastings, David Eltzroth, and our most recent supporter, Old School Vidya. Thank all of you for helping to pay the bills, which include podcast hosting and content delivery, web server fees, and the online media service for recording our hosts and guests. We look forward to bringing more of the same to you in Season 5, which should kick off in late January. Talk to you then. Hey, I saw that DF Hack and Dwarf Therapist are both working on uh, getting their product updated and compatible with uh, with version 50. So that that's is cool. delightful. I really, really miss Dwarf Therapist. I'm yeah. surprised at how much, how much I miss it. 
I've never the, used I it. Think that, so I think I'm, that the labor situation is, is well, you used auto labor though, right? I did some, but I actually didn't mind going through each one and setting their labors independently. I just, my problem with Dwarf Therapist is I just found it too much like going to work and looking at spreadsheets. <laughs> and yeah. it kind of, yeah, it just wasn't, I just, I just didn't enjoy it. And I think something about like the way they're all lined up in like rows and columns and I don't know, I just found it too confusing, couldn't manage it. Mm. So <laughs> it's too stupid to get it to work. Well, I'm a freaking Excel nerd, so I really love <laughs> spreadsheets. Go. So that there probably is, it probably, you know, trips that little trigger in me for yeah. it. But. But another thing, not just setting the jobs, but being able to sort them by their personality attributes and sort them by their military prowess. Like if if I'm looking for all of the hammer dwarfs that I want to assign to a particular squad, I can use dwarf therapists to sort on the hammer dwarf uh, abilities. So it was it was quite handy for for things other than just doing the um, the the job assignments. So it is good to see. They said that it's probably going to be a while before it's ready to go, but I did see that they are actively working on the new version. And DF Hack is working on uh, the update, too. They actually had a release, DF Hack, since our last episode, uh, that is a release for the 47 branch. Oh, oh, so cool. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a new release for the 4705 version of, of Dwarf Fortress, so it's got some, some cool stuff in it. And someone made the comment, I think it was on Reddit, <laughs> said, yeah, we must be about to have a new release because uh, yeah, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> TF hack had a release. So uh, yeah, I, I think guess it's... that was before, before the release of a, uh, of a uh, premium actually, now that I think back on it. So. Yeah. That, that probably got us the premium release to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. DF hack team. We really yep. appreciate that. And thank you. Dwarf therapist team for, uh, for working on that too, because I'm very much looking forward to being able to use it again. How are you guys doing with your key binds? Are you getting, are you learning the new ones? I think I'm learning the new ones. I haven't rebound. Anything except for I rebound the Z level to the greater than and less than. It's the only change I've made. Okay. Yeah, um, I can I can agree on that. I think the only change that I also did make is uh, unbind E and C because that gave me a migraine. Other than that, I didn't really change anything. I think, but I did get a mod on the workshop. It's one of the most favorite ones, and it just shows the keybinds before you hover over the thing. So if you look at your taskbar, it actually says the keybinds in like very small letters on top of the thing. So you can see that oh, mining to, is M. And that's you need to post this. This uh, we need to put this in the show notes because I want this mod. Yeah, it's really good. It's so helpful. What does it do? Um, it's just like quality of life, and uh, if you look at your hotbar down then you instantly see what you have to press to get there. So oh, on the mining you. pick, there is a small M now. Very simple, very easy, so good. Yeah, yeah. And since I added that, I, I learned the, key, the, the, the all the keybinds so much quicker because even if you oh, open the cool. build menu, now the, the, the small buttons are on every single icon. So you can, you can, you can ignore the mouse almost, by the way almost ignore the mouse but uh yeah that's one of the that's one of the things on the uh the older version the classic version of dwarf fortress that i never really thought about because the menu items showed all of their keys 
the all of the, the the key choices because that's how you had to do it. Yeah, definitely get that get that the name of that mod, and I want to I want to use it, and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I had one thing that I had observed, which is the I think maybe DF hack sorted this out for you by default. But if you tried to, you know, if you're relying on plump helmet one for your work to start out, then you I think DF hack automatically made it so they didn't cook the seeds or something like that. Anyway, you have to make it so that they don't um, they don't cook the plump helmets. And DF hack, I think, had that set by default. So if you let them cook the plump helmets, then you run out of plump helmet spawn very, very quickly. And then I noticed the other thing that they were doing that was screwing me was they would cook the drinks into the roast. So if you have a kitchen and it's still going, they would basically make the Dorvin Ale. And then all of my stuff was like Dorvin Ale roast with Dorvin Ale, with Dorvin Ale wine. And I was like, oh, this is why I'm running out of drinks. Shoot. So then you can you have to go in and tell it not to cook the drinks. And then you're good. And then they won't probably die. But I was losing a lot of people by that. Starvation was a problem. Yeah, I haven't had too much problem with my... Uh, after after the first couple of days of playing it, I haven't had much problem with my food and, and drink. I did find fairly early on how to how to change the, the attributes of food items on whether they could cook them or not. So I, anything that can be brewed, I tell them not to eat. Hey, small caravans... They are really making me change my economic strategy. I And it's not just the fact that they don't have that much stuff directly, but also I used to make these heavy things and try to sell them to the to the, to the the caravans, and now they can't carry them. Yeah. So I have really found that the most valuable thing to build for, for selling now is meals. Oh. You know, you know uh, a barrel of, of prepared meals goes for like a thousand coin, and... It's not particularly heavy compared to a masterpiece jet coffer. It goes for like fifty coin and weighs, you know, ninety units. So they still they still yeah. seem to be suckers for my cat bone crafts. I sell a lot of those. Oh, and cut gems. If you build a jewelry oh, yeah. place now, they yeah. say keep like I never really managed to get the gem thing working before because it felt like you had. I think. Kind of had to go through each individual gem and then issue an order to cut it. But like, how do you know what gems mm-hmm. they're digging up? But now, anyway, it's just basically they kind of automatically go and cut the gems for you. A, I never so, had a problem with that. Oh, would, really? You managed to do? Through, oh, oh, yeah. I would do the cuts and uh, and uh, uh, embed. I would have two different jewel jewel shops: one for cutting and one for embedding. And I would just go through every once in a while and do a a you know cut. I can't remember the name. Cut amethyst, repeat. Cut rose zircon, repeat. Cut this, repeat. Cut that, repeat. And eventually, they spam out, and and they can't do them because they run out of things. And then, whenever the that happens, I just go back and see what else is in there in the list. You do have to know what the gems are named because eventually, you get to them cutting stone. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't really yeah. want that. And so, I I do agree that uh, because. Dwarf Therapist, by the way, did add a thing where you could click on your jeweler's workshop and then add in, cut this and that gem. And then you could click A and Alt, and that would open a new window where you could put in new, more decisive work orders through Therapist. It was a bit finicky, but you could say, like, cut uh, any material and that would ultimately only cut gems because the rugs get polished and not cut. So it would cut. Dwarf Therapist or DF Hack? Um, ah, DF Hack. Sorry, DF Hack. 
Okay, as I said, that doesn't sound like a very dwarf therapist thing. Yeah, and uh, cool. Yeah. yeah, true, true, true. And uh, that that was how I got my cut gems back in the day. And that they kind of adapted the whole thing of like cut just like cut any gem, like the I don't care solution. You know, cut all and cross all. That is very nice. That is very very helpful. But it it bleeds my heart every time I have to sell gems because I love gems. And, mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, gems are something to just make rings more valuable and scepters and trinkets. Yeah. Yeah, and then put them in your temple or tavern or whatever, and suddenly it's like legendary guild hall or whatever, and legendary temple. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that what you're Seriously, doing? You, you set gems in the furniture, and then it makes things better? Is that what yeah, you're yeah. saying? Exactly. Like, like, uh, raises the value of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It raises the value. And if you get like a master warped share and then you encrust it masterfully with bones and masterfully, masterful cut gems, then that's a pretty big price increase. And then you put that somewhere and everybody in the room is like, oh, wow, it really binds the room together, man. So what's y'all's oldest fort? I'm, I'm still thinking about the, uh, the caravans. When Tarn was on here, he kind of hinted that as you go further on in years, the caravans might get larger. Mm -hmm. But I still haven't seen a caravan that's as big as the first year caravans that came in during 47. Hmm. What's y'all's experience with caravans? I mean, there are a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah. It's like I can hardly keep up with how many come to town in this fort that I've got going. Dwarves? uh, everybody I've had dwarves I've had a lot of humans huh. and a lot of elves I had I had elves pissed them off and and they wouldn't buy from me so <laughs> I think that I had humans but yeah interesting I've not noticed it being that big of a problem mm, uh, how old are your oldest forts not that old I think I'm the oldest one that I have is like seven uh, okay so it's yeah, compared to the one that same. I still have going and the the version before Steam, which is like 40 or 60 or something. 45. Oh, wow. 45. So, yeah, you know, I'm getting there. But I also kept making new fortresses whenever I made even the smallest mistake and was like, no, no, we're redoing, redoing. Everybody leave. Everybody party's over. And then a new <laughs> um, I would say one thing I'm liking about this is the he's added something to make the what do you call them the quantity checks before you know when you're doing the, when you set a work order up and you want to have like a you know if the amount of drinks is available less than fifteen then make ten more mm-hmm. like that's I think clearer and easier to use now than it was previously. Yeah, mm-hmm. I and like he's that got he suggestions has some, in some... here too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love those. I use those as my basis and then just change the numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. They just I think work. that's really uh, slick. Yeah. The work yeah, orders are, are more straightforward and easier to, I mean, they made sense before. It just was kind of a roundabout way that you had to get to them. And Tekken once, did once a great video, video from on Tekken, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I still like, I appreciated the fact that he made that video and it was very clear, but I still didn't quite, I guess it still wasn't quite getting it, but um, yeah. But now it's easy. <laughs> now he's taken all the all the difficulty out. On the note of getting the game to work, so we know that the game is only out for Windows, but somebody has very helpfully posted a guide on how to get it to work relatively natively on Mac using Wineskin. So if you're a user of the Reddit website, 
perhaps you've heard of it, you can you can find a good guide there. Somebody's put it in there. So good for people that might want to play it on a Mac. And it runs really well, surprisingly. Have either of you ever heard of the Pit Pond Zone? Was yes. that is that new? No. no. Oh, okay. I I just guess I never saw it. What's the purpose of a pit or pond zone? They're basically dump zones for specific things. For example, a pit you can dump people in, which enabled me to do my great dwarven <laughs> toilet, by the way. Uh, so yeah. you just designate a pit, and then you have a shaft, and then you say, throw troll down shaft, and then they do it. And it's great. Pond is, they will fill the pond with water. Like, they, they take a bucket, go to the river, fill the bucket, go back, slosh it down uh, the pond, like, down the pit, you know, that you designated as a pond. And then they walk away, and they repeat that until the thing is full, or you say, stop doing that. So this can stretch over multiple Z-levels? It kind of has to, because they're not... Hmm dumping it on their feet. Like if you designate a square that is right there, like on one Z level, then they will not do anything there. Uh, you have to have a hole into a different Z level down and then they will okay. dump water like down a hole. And if you have a large stretch and just one singular hole, they will just use the hole. Like they, they are specifically looking to dump it down so their feet don't get wet. Okay. Dwarf Fortress Roundtable would like to take this time to thank all the wonderful folks out there who listen in to each episode of the podcast. In 2022, we've grown from an estimated 700 subscribers to over 1,200. Dwarf Fortress Roundtable is ad-free, and we plan to remain that way. We have no intention of entering into any agreement with any commercial entity. We feel that podcasting independence is vital to the medium and encourage you to support your favorite independent podcasts by downloading episodes and spreading the word to your friends. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to a great Season 5. Well, I've got a question for you guys. Mm. You know, when, when somebody gets, when stuff happens, like, like uh, my guys killed somebody outside, and um, outside the fortress, and um, I can see all of the stuff that this person has. It's very difficult to get them to go take that stuff and put it in a stockpile. And I know that there's the button I that'll let you claim forbidden items and buildings. But even if I've claimed it, they still don't seem to want to go outside the fortress to get that stuff. And I used to know how to do that in the before times, but I have yet to figure it out in, in the after times. Have you guys done that? Um, and is what we, I'm asking no. clear? Are we talking about like a dump zone or are we talking about general do I collect garbage from outside? Yeah, I, do I collect are, the or are you from talking outside? about things like like goblinite that you have to unforbid before they'll go pick it up? Yeah, so even unforbidden they don't seem to want to go get the stuff. So I'm just super curious like is this uh Well, there used to be the order that would uh that you had to set to have them clean up outside. Yeah, yes, I wasn't sure if, is, if we found that. Yeah, yeah, that that is somewhere in the labor thing. You have to click a little bit through it to find it, and then it says, uh, "Pick out refuse, like 
gather refuse from outside, ga- gather this and that from okay. outside, and then you can click through the options. Um, but I did notice that they're being really lazy with uh, garbage dumps, for example, because I had a designated garbage dump and uh, mm-hmm. an animal died in my tavern. And it was designated automatically as dump it somewhere. And they just didn't do it for really, really long until it started to stink. And then I was like, can you please do it? Yeah. Like, hello? Yeah, they don't do it. They do not want to get rid of the garbage. It's, I'm like, please, please can we do it? Yeah, I, I feel like because of the auto labor system that is now in, I feel like they put priorities on the different tasks. And it might be that dumping things is now a really low priority below basically everything else. And if they can choose to do whatever, then they will do whatever instead of actually dumping things outside. Because I saw people come from work, then go drink, and then go socialize right next to a rotting carcass of a yak that was designated to dump. And I, I was like, clicking on dump, remove the dump, redump it, like, okay, can you please do it? And it just took really, really long. And I think the priority of the dumping jobs kind of went down or something. I'm not sure. Uh, okay. So I'm looking at the labor menu, refuse and dumping, and there are items on here for, like, workers save corpses, workers dump corpses. Mm-hmm. You can choose between the two. So I'm guessing that saving the corpses, then they would get put into a uh, corpse's stockpile. Yeah. And mm-hmm. dumping the corpses, they would go to a dump, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Did you did you mess with that at all, Tony? Or did you just leave it as default? Because the default is save. Okay, no, I didn't even see that. Yeah. So I haven't gotten to that menu, apparently. Where is that? It's under uh, the labor menu, and then under standing orders. Uh, yeah, labor oh, menu, standing it. orders, oh, refuse and dumping. Was... Thank you. I hadn't seen that, so hopefully that's helpful to other people. Workers ignore outdoor vermin remains. Workers ignore indoor... Oh, I see. Okay. And I think anything outside is refuse, isn't it? Pretty much. Like, stuff dropped. Like, if you kill a goblin, all the goblin remains are automatically refuse. And the rest, you can kind of say whether or not it should also be handled as refuse or not. Oh, I see. And there's a siege thing, too. And mm-hmm. chores. Yeah, the, ch- the chores are putting your putting your young'uns to work. Oh, which, that's useful. By the way, the whole thing about sieges does bring me to something that I want to talk about. And that is okay. the alert system. Oh, yeah. It's gone. Yeah, It's gone. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. And yeah, like before, you could designate a borough and not designate any person to it and then go into civilian alerts and say, this is not a test. There's literally goblins outside trying to kill you. Please get yeah. in. And then they would do it. They would drop everything, get in, and then sit next to each other going like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And then you could close doors or close bridges, making sure that everybody is in, in that borough that you designated. Mm-hmm. Now the alert is kind of gone. Uh, you can't yeah, just say, this is, this is not a test. And if you designate every single person, like, if you go in by hand, right, you make a burrow and you designate every single person, this is a burrow, please get in the burrow, this is this is kind of a test, you know, it's not a civilian alert because we don't have them, get in. They don't really do that because it's still more of a 
please only do jobs in this area kind of thing. And they are allowed to ignore it. Because yeah. I've seen people leave to get drinks. I've seen people leave to get food. I've seen people leave to literally do gather things for a job outside of the fortress when I designated the borough. And that actually killed a lot of my dwarves. Because yep. that plus the alert system, when something pops into your map, is not really happening. The, the, the game is not yeah. stopping. Something came yeah. into my map. The game didn't stop. I didn't. I didn't notice. People died. I had no civilian alert. More people died. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, also the fact that the that the log is not persistent anymore, at yeah. least not as much as it was. Yeah, that's tricky. I that's, miss a lot of alerts. So those things both, I, I'm pretty sure that both of those things have been brought to the attention of the creators, and I suspect that they will be uh, implemented. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, the the civilian alert will be will be. Well, I look nice forward to, to see seeing how that come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think does. a lot of them. It's just a lot of them. I think it's been that I haven't really known how to deal with it, but I think now it's more like um, I think this one's kind of a tricky one, and so I'm kind of like, well, as long as I can figure out how to make this work, I don't really care. But um, and I'm trying to relearn the new way to do stuff and all that. If they had their way, I suspect that they released it before everything that they wanted updated even on the the fortress mode was was not done they they basically had a feature cut off because they'd realized that they had been almost three years since the release and mm -hmm. they just needed to get something out there yeah most so, yeah yeah so i i suspect that there's been some people uh i've seen online given some some you know rumblings about the fact that it doesn't seem to be a fully formed but, you know, we all kind of expected that. Yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah. So the much people... stuff, I mean, so much stuff works better than it used to. Oh, goodness, yes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like some stuff is just way easier. I don't know. I was going to say military seems a little easier in some ways. Um, yeah. But I also am a little confused in some ways. Like sometimes they don't train, even though I think they should be training. It's way too easy to delete uniforms. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's but... somebody that has a mod that changes that, that X to a garbage dump and so to a garbage can so it's easier because i keep disbanding my squads yeah like yeah, oh, the, the x should not again. be that prominent i think and yeah. um back in the day the way i usually did it is i made a uniform like a new uniform for whatever weapon i desire then mm -hmm. i appoint people to the squad and the game automatically takes the first person and makes Makes them like a, a military commander. And now it makes the default uniform uh, for that. For that, yeah. Instead of a default uniform, Plus because squad, I don't yeah. want like mixed training going on, like two spears, two swords, and whatever not. Uh, I want like one squad for this, and then I can partly fill the squad. So I can, for example, make three squads and have then two people in that squad, three people there, five people there. And then I have like a distinct number of people with different weapons. Just nice. And now the way I have to do it is apparently I have to appoint a military commander and then I can make a squad. And then I can make a uniform for the squad. And then I have to 
say that this squad is now changing the uniform to that uniform. Which, what? So I have to make a squad with a normal metal uniform, and then I can change it after that. Like, I, I have to make a squad and tell them, take this metal uniform, and then I can make my own uniform that only uses spears instead of any weapon. And then I tell the yeah. squad, like, now you take only spears. Take this spear uniform, which is like, huh? If you know what I mean. Yes. It's it's a little complicated. I noticed I think they're better at their jobs, though, because I sent a squad that had been kind of training on its own. And usually if I have a forgotten beast or whatever, I would kind of go, uh-oh, and I'd lock the doors and just hope that it went away. But I sent them out after it, and they dispatched it, and they did that to an Etten and a Titan and a few other things. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. That uh, silence you heard there for me at least, was because I made the mistake of actually opening Dwarf Fortress while we're recording a podcast. <laughs> that is a mistake for me. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, hey, what am I doing here? Let's start playing the game. Um, yeah, no, they're they're pretty good at what they're doing. I like that a few equip bugs got fixed. So if you tell them, stop wearing your oh. normal civilian shoes, then they will actually do that. Like, oh. that very instant. Which is very cool to see. Because it got quite annoying sometimes and you had to like tell the dwarf please for the love of god i made you steal boots now it's it's very easy you just click a button they do it instantly and like woo. The, the, the my my two little nitpickings are just the x of like oops i just deleted the uniform and oops i disbanded my squad slightly too big yeah and the I also don't like that the military pop-up window is, like, very slim for some reason for me. So it actually cuts off the name of my squad. Just make it a little bigger. You know, I want to see. I don't know. I want to see. Yeah. Okay, we're running a little, uh, yeah, a little longer we start, than usual uh, here. So let's go ahead and, and wrap this one up. I think that we're going to take a, a couple of weeks off uh, through the holidays mm-hmm. and come back probably in, uh, in mid-January. And by that point, maybe the uh, Dwarf Fortress wiki will be accepting submissions for version 50. <laughs> um, looks like they're going through some kind of a migration pro- process to, to add version 50 to the, to the wiki. So looking forward to that because I'm looking forward to being able to see how-tos on a lot of these new things uh, in writing. So looking forward to that. Well, it's cool. Wow. It's, gonna, it's bound to take time. This is, so. this is just showing me how much I leaned on the wiki. Yeah. But it's also a good testament to how much work they've put into it to make it oh, yeah. much more intuitive. Because even without the wiki, it's been pretty straightforward to figure a lot of this stuff out. So, I mean, seriously, oh, massive. Yeah. It, it might not seem it just at first glance. Because I know when I first started playing it, I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. But it's so much uh, It's so much more intuitive, the whole thing. So, hats off. Especially for people who, who have played mm-hmm. the game before. Yeah. Yeah. I cool. can't come into it with, you know, with eyes that haven't seen the game before, so I can't really speak to that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for there's a lot of things that seem easier for us uh, who've been used to playing the, the game for years. Yep. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 well, wait. Before we, before nope. we end it quickly, is there a way for us to find out how many games actually sold on Steam? Because I would love to say uh, it as like an ending thing here. Yeah, it was still trending high on overall sales um 
the last time I don't looked. know that they publish a number though, do they? I don't, I haven't seen it. Maybe he will in Fort in the, in the future of the Fort or whatever, you know, how he has those updates that he sends out. Yeah. Because they so far only said that they sold over 300,000 units, which is pretty insane in six days, but we're now past six days. So I, I wish I could like see a definitive number. Of like yeah, how many things they sold because it would be well we're we're there. One of the great things about about Tarn and the Dwarf Fortress community and how open they have always been, we could probably just go on to Bay Twelve forums and say, "Hey, how many games have you sold? How many <laughs> That's true. Dwarf Fortress Premium games have you yeah. sold?" And it would not surprise me one bit if he just gave us the number. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I think that I'll do yeah, that. Yeah. Yes, I mean, that actually yeah, it's that tons actually of them. Good. Yeah. So many. Okay. All right, guys. Well, have a so happy. You guys have everyone. a great remainder of your December, and uh, everybody out there, thank you so much for making Dwarf Fortress Roundtable a success. And we appreciate all of our listeners and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, I'll probably cut that part off because it sounds. Uh, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> it, sounds, it, it sounds dismissive. Time. Sounds dismissive saying and all that other stuff, right? But anyway. Thanks so much for, uh, for tuning in. And until sometime in January, happy fortressing, everybody. Yeah, I'll see catch you later. See you guys. Catch you later and happy holidays. This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel, and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at bay12games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash dfroundtable. This is a conversational podcast. All Craft Storeship is of the highest quality.